Here at Soul Infusion, our goal is finding a path of awareness through personal empowerment and healing, to grow as individuals and as a collective through conscious existence. By discussing different healing modalities, energy work, and all things metaphysical, we strive to increase your individual consciousness and well-being to positively affect the collective consciousness. We invite you to join us on our journey of honest self-discovery and truth. So raise your frequency and let the good vibes flow. This is Soul Infusion. Soul Infusion, and I wanted to come on today to talk a little bit about tarot. We have done some readings. We've done our weekly readings for the collective here over the past several months, and I wanted to come on and talk about some basics of tarot. I thought it would be interesting as we learn different tools for us to use to bridge our daily lives and our intuition. I think tarot is such an accessible powerful tool. I encourage anybody to pick up a deck and start playing around. And once you understand a lot of the basics behind tarot, it's sometimes, well, it can be a very easy way to learn what kinds of meanings may come out of the messages of the cards. The beauty is you pulling the cards and what energy you're pulling in as you select the cards, whether you lay them out in front of you and pick what looks good to you or feels right to you, whether you shuffle it and just take off the top of the deck or whether you do like me and do something weird where cards start flying out. It, it really is your energy you're lending to pulling that message. And then when the message comes out, there are certain things you can look for in all these cards that can bring meaning to what you've just pulled. And then after you know the meaning, that can bridge you into this You'll get, whether you're a feeler, a, hear, a hearer, or a seer, you'll start to get additional messages about what you can pick up from the initial symbolism that's in the card. So I just wanted to talk about the basics, and I hope you guys can help me and be interactive because I'm excited to go back and forth with this too with you and have any questions answered that you guys may have. Um, can I jump in with a question before you get into it, just because you, I don't want to like have it uh, not flow. So with tarot, I have heard some people say, oh, you have to be careful. You can open a portal and let things in. And uh, like, is that a myth? Is that, um, or is that something you're going to talk about protection wise? And did I like jump in too early? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to talk about protection. Um, and I can bump that up a little bit here to talk about it now. But one of the first things I was going to talk about is that tarot, just like anything else, whether it's a pendulum or tiles or a dice or anything that you may use a Ouija board is one of the one of the ones people there's a horror movie made out of that but anything that you use will just draw in energy and it really depends on what where your energy is so tarot cards however themselves are not evil that is a tool you can you know it's a tool for you to draw in your energy and the energy of the collective or whatever energy you're trying to read at the time tarot is not evil there are no religious connotations with tarot itself it's a beautiful tool that has all kinds of symbolism as we'll talk about it has artwork beautiful artwork i'm sure all of you have seen 
if you look at some of these decks that are created, whether they're based on traditional tarot messages or oracle cards or messages of some sort, you'll see there's so many different beautiful artwork artists that work on these cards. So tarot in itself is not evil. The, there are some pictures that scare people, you know, like there's some of the cards, the major arcana, like the devil card and the death card. No one likes to get those, but I will tell you that what you see is not what you in 3D world are thinking that it is. The devil, even if you're a religious person, the devil in tarot does not mean the devil, although it's depicted as a, as a beast with horns. That is not what it means in tarot. In tarot, it means that devil in our head instilling fear, doubt, um, codependency. It can mean addiction. It can mean that you are you know, having some symptoms of dependency on something to take you away from your traditional path or your right, right, right path in life. The, the death card is all about the death of an old way of thinking, the death of an old you know, habit or pattern of yours and a rebirth of some sort. Only life comes from destruction. And that's what that card means. Now, I have had readers that have seen the death card and said, has someone passed in your family? That's okay too. To me, I guess it's my understanding of death that for me looks at it as just another portal of the way the soul resides. But uh, I, I don't, there are all kinds of readers as there are all kinds of doctors and there are all kinds of lawyers. I don't like to use literal, literal meanings for these cards. Like I would never take the death card and say someone's going to, I would never do that. And I think that's where the negative comes in with the tarot and people believing about tarot is that you can get these terrible messages. I don't look at tarot as a future, future predictor. I don't do that. I look at it as a reader of the energy that I am channeling. And I always put that energy out there. I want to channel for the person I'm reading for. I want to channel for myself. I want to channel for my kids. I want to channel for the collective is what I do in our, our weekly readings. But what my message is, is that this is where the energy is now. And, and this is what's, what, what's likely to happen based on the energy now and the way I see the energy moving forward in this in the current, in, in the near future. Yeah, I, I don't have any, it's just another tool. It's just another tool reading you and where your energy is and where the energy is of the person that you're reading for. So no, does that answer your question, Trace? Yes, thank you, yes. The tarot decks that I use, I love the traditional tarot. I love the messages behind it. I love the basicness of the pictures. They're very basic, they're very pictorial. There's a lot of symbolism in them and the tarot is a perfect tool for seeking wholeness and learning lessons in life. There's a story behind each of those pictures that you pick up or that you draw. And each of those pictures, they unfold as, as the energy does unfold. It's a bridge to intuition. So for me, again, it's a validation of things that I am already feeling. And I just get like elated when the cards are, are coming out exactly how I feel things are going. And sometimes I think, am I creating that? But it's the same thing, right? It's that validation of what you're feeling. So, you know, and then you get the card and that validates it even more. It strengthens it. And it actually makes you feel better about trusting your intuition, to be honest. It's a tool actually to learn intuition, right? To trust yourself and what you're actually feeling. I talked a little bit about picking decks. 
or different artwork and decks so important to pick decks that resonate with you uh, you know and, and look at the artwork and I know Christy you have your favorite animal deck you just showed me with the animals and the artwork that you love it means something to you and I know Christina I've seen several decks of yours and Tracy has her crystal decks that she does for weekly card reading energy pools we all have that and it's very important to make that deck yours and to have your energy on it to actually, even if you're not reading, physically going through the cards with your hands. Some people say like, put the deck under your pillow, which I think is hysterical, you know, like sleep on it, you know, it can absorb your energy. I love that. I would be like, if I put my deck under my pillow, my freaking cards would be all over the place in the morning and I'd lose and I wouldn't have 78 cards. But I just feel like it's really important to connect with the deck. I love the basic messages of the basic tarot. It's made up two different types of cards. There are, or, or meanings behind the cards. There is the major arcana and then there's the minor arcana. The major arcana is a group of 22 cards and it represents major milestones in your life. So it's what they are not necessarily associated with the suits of the minor arcana. That's how you know it's a major arcana. Minor arcana are 56 cards that are divided into four suits and the four suits are wands, cups, swords, and pentacles. So if you pull a card that's not associated with any four of those suits, it's a major arcana. It's like the fool, the devil, the, you know, the death card, the sun, the high priestess, the tower, the tower. <laughs> yes, the tower. So these are cards, again, not associated with one of those four suits that I mentioned, major life milestones. If you do a reading and you pull mostly major arcana cards, it's a serious reading. It's like serious. You got to pay attention. It's, it's life-changing. So when I do pull, I pull, pull cards and I get these major arcana's messages, this is something to pay attention to. Very heavy energy and, or very impactful energy. The minor arcana suits, the wands, cups, swords, and pentacles. Each of those suits has four court cards, the king, the queen, the page, and the knight. And then you have your pips, like the one of pentacles, you know, the, uh, the one, the two, the three, the four, the five of that suit. Those, the minor arcana represent your everyday life. So it, it's characters in your everyday life, scenarios that may happen in your everyday life. So you've got the major arcana's major life changes, minor arcana is the everyday life stuff that happens. You can take these meanings and symbols and suits and numbers and really make your own story. You can see what, you, sometimes it's like when you look at a card and you see a little symbol in the corner, it will like your eye will go right to it. And you know, you have to figure out what that means. My kitty cat's here. She's coming up for, she's coming up. She's my little black cat, which is a symbol for intuition. So we're going to talk about the suits. The suits are wands. I guess I said cups, swords, and pentacles. The wands are about your will or your drive or your passion. So wands are, you know, what drives you forward. It's they're career-based projects, goals that you have. And the element associated with wands is fire. I have a deck, an angel deck, where it'll say, you know, king of air, that will get into, or king of fire, and that's going to be the king of wands. Like, there are different decks that mirror the traditional decks and their suits, but they're using different elements or such to like have the same meaning. So it's kind of cool because a lot of the decks that I use kind of go back to the traditional tarot meaning. But anyway, so wands are 
fire. The cups are emotions. The cups are um, feelings, emotions, love, family, friends, uh, creativity, and the element associated with cups is water, of course, because it holds the water. The swords, which is my, this is an air, air sign, sword cards. I get all excited about my Aquarian, you know, coming out. So the swords are intellect, thoughts. The swords are in your head, which we are, our air signs. Uh, thoughts, truth, problem solving, solutions, communication. That's the sword suit. And then your pentacles is all about your earthly. It's all about what's around you, your material belongings, your, your, your stability, your money, your finances, resources, work, health, those kinds of things, which you have materialistically, your physical self in front of you. Any questions so far on any of this or any, am I boring anybody with this? Like, do we need to? Um, I actually have a clarification question for people that are just starting to learn tarot how how can they get comfortable knowing that what they are seeing and what's popping out to them is truly a message or as opposed to them grasping trying to find some sort of a connection i think as you pull you'll get a feeling about the card i know this sounds so vague but when you, I did not always get messages when I pulled cards. I hope this answers your question. I would just let, I would, I tried all different messages of methods of shuffling. I watched a lot of readers. I kind of got my method of pulling and pulling energy. And when I did, and I got a card flying out, I would really stick with the, the reason I'm going through all this is because I, this is how I started. I started putting together, well, it's this number, this wands, it has this color. It's mostly a blue card. I know that's the throat chakra. I started like analyzing because that's how my mind works. All of the different symbols, signs, colors, numbers, everything, astrological signs associated with those, that, that, that element, you know, like air signs, water signs, that that's another that's another way direction you can go with these suits, but I would do it very, very logically. Then I would, once I got that meaning, then they started getting messages about how that, how to direct that for whoever I was reading. It would just, it would just be messages or feelings that I got about that person and what I know that card to mean. Sometimes I wouldn't even go by what the definitions were, or the symbols were. I would, you can also just see what your eye goes to. I think it's really important for people to not even, that's how I did it. I learned by the very, the, the rule book on tarot. And then I went with my intuition. I know people who never look at the book. They don't care what any of the stuff shit is that I'm talking about. They literally are like, I pulled this card and there's like a bunch of different cups on it. This the seven of cups and this one has a snake and it just looks like this guy, dude doesn't know what to do he's pulling you know he's he's trying to figure out what to do and that's exactly what the card means like you just get you pick out a symbol or you know you might pick out the snake like ooh, you know he could make a bad choice right that's kind of a dangerous choice he could make i'm drawn to the snake you know you might have a you might have a choice that you make that's not good for you you kind of feel like where your eye goes to in the card, what artwork you're drawn to, and then kind of feel what that means to you. It doesn't have anything to do with the fact that snakes may be bad. It could be a snake being the you know perpetual life cycle or whatever. 
It's where your eye goes and the feeling you get when you pull the card. It's really important to tap into the person's energy or your energy to be grounded when you actually read for yourself. Try to be emotionally detached too from the subject you're reading about, which is what we've learned from a lot of very clairvoyant people. But yeah, I think it's just, it depends. It depends on what kind of person you are and how you learn. Um, but for me, I wanted to go by the traditional definitions and then shoot off with intuition from there. I think it's important to use your own style. I say, trust the pictures, trust the way the cards make you feel. Does that sort of address it? I was actually going to say that the rest seems to be trust your initial instinct and don't, don't dissuade yourself. No. Yeah. I think that it's just important to trust. It, yeah, of course, with everything we talk about on this channel, it's always about trust, trust your intuition. And I love that this is like, I would say, maybe do an intuitive reading before you even go to the cards. Maybe write down thoughts that you have. Try to detach if it's something that's personally, you're personally emotionally attached to, try to detach and kind of go in with the feeling on what you think, you know, try to be objective about it, but it's very easy when you do it with other people and you get to read their energy and then you go right for that. Try to do the intuitive read and then see what happens with the cards, you know? Um, yeah. I, I love that you said that there are some people that don't even go by the book. Um, and I know that maybe that's not the way, because tarot to me just seems so overwhelming because there's so many cards and so many meanings. But when you explain it or how you do it now, when you explain it by just looking at the picture yeah. and yeah. picking something out, then I was like, oh, maybe it wouldn't be so overwhelming. I would probably be someone that like, I wouldn't memorize what I, whatever. Yeah. That's yeah. why I like, I like my crystal oracle cards. I like, I could read the book, but I can also just look at that card just see what it what comes up for me so i like that tarot can be that way seeing the different things okay so i'm going to go through the numbers but i'm going to make it interactive i'm going to ask you guys what you think about the number one what does it mean do you know what manifestation. is it beginning yeah. manifestation yeah yes exactly number one is about beginnings so your ace cards in your suit like the ace of wands ace of cups Ace of Cups, new beginnings in love, right? Ace of Wands, new beginnings, new passionate beginnings. Um, so then you start to put those together and you're starting to get a message and then you tap into the energy. That's how I read. Again, you can do it the opposite way and say, I don't really care what the numbers are, or the signs are. I just want to like look at the fountain coming out of the cups on the Ace of Cups and that says to me life and, you know, abundance and whatever. So that's right. So it's about leadership, yourself, opportunity, um and number two how about number two duality duality it can mean partnership like between one or two people so two of cups very very strong soul connection choices so two can mean this way or that way like two of swords you know uh decision making that you have to make between two choices balance is another meaning how about three is any like three resonate with anybody master but that's not what we're talking about <laughs> yeah oh i mean three go ahead anybody have any other ideas three is about communication in the traditional meaning of the word like this is three this is the number three is often means can mean communication creation three is like to me i feel like it's the starting it's like the trinity and i don't mean to get religious but it's like 
the, the real world, the spiritual world and what you create with that. So to me, it's like, you know, just the foundations of something when you're creating something. So communication, expression, uh, productivity, abundance, um, new foundations is what I, I think of when I, when I, with the number three and then four is anybody know? Stability. Stability. So four legs of a table. That's what I think about four of wands. It's that happy home with all the kids running in the yard and your little white picket fence, your stability, order, construction, creating something practical, like practicality, protection. Five. What about five? Five is a little bit of a conflict, right? Because you got the stability and then that freaking fifth thing comes in and then it kind of rocks mm -hmm. your boat, right? So then you're going into conflict with the number five. Um, Five is changes, change-ups, life strategies, instability. It could mean instability, difficulties, resistance to something. Also can mean knowledge and studying and looking at things in different ways. How about six? Come on, Heather, you know these. I'm giving everyone else a chance. Responsibility. <laughs> yeah, Heather, I, I totally would love your feedback on this because maybe I'm missing something. Like I just took it from, you know, some of the resources that I had and, and what my feeling is when I look at that number. Um, but yeah, so six is about harmony and family, and it's very relational, like relationship-based responsibility, sort of lead to family, family, what I get. Anything else to add to that, Heather? No. Seven. Seven is, again, it's like you got the balance and you got that freaking other card, right? You have the harmony in your family and, and something comes in, like that energy, that, that extra energy that throws everything off balance. So this is when you're going into your head. Seven is internal and thought, spirit. It's sort of like the unseen um, observation. It also can mean like imagination. And I love these numbers. They're all good. This, this isn't bad. It's just the propellant for the next period of growth. Psychology, intellect is seven in this arena. Or, and again, it could mean whatever. Heather, do you have anything? Nope, that was good. So nine is a card of completion, even though some eight, of the eight. Nine are what happened? Eight. Yeah, eight. Oh, shit. Eight. Eight. Eight is, I can't believe eight it. It's great. Power. Eight doesn't exist in this particular deck I'm using, but no, eight is awesome. Infinity. I love eight. It appears in a lot of cards. We're going to actually go through some examples. I'm going to show you some things like cards with symbols in it to see if you can like get a feeling for it, if you can see it. And I know the readers or listeners can't, the readers, the listeners maybe not be able to see it, but I'll describe where they are so that when they pull a traditional, they can see it. But eight is, anything about eight? Anybody have a guess on eight besides what I said, infinity? Power. Power. It's big deal. So... It's about plans in motion, authority, strength, speed. Eight is like, wow, you're going forward. It's like time to go, right? Time to go. Nine is completion. That's a completion cycle. So we came up through the one through eight and nine is completion, fullness, ripeness, intensity. And 10 is end. It's the end of all of the journey we've gone through with one through nine, it's finality. It's you've reached it. You've, you're there. It's the uh, finish line. Sometimes it can mean exhaustion 
in excess because you're, you know, potentially overindulgent, but it's, it, it is definitely 10 is a, a number. I feel like 10, when I read 10, I feel more completion with that than I do of nine. I just feel nine is, is an odd number. I, I don't know. I have something about odd numbers, you know, I don't know why I just like even balance and then the odd, but um, yeah. So 10 is, and go ahead. I have a question. So if it does end up meeting excess, what card or cards would be around it that would, I guess, shift to that mindset as opposed to completion? Ten of Swords is a good example of that, Christina. That is where you are have had an, an ending to an emotional traumatic experience. Like you're done, you're, you're cooked, you're spent. Uh, that is a, an ending, completely over. Like that's it. And even though in that card, I like the, the man who looks off as he's like laying there with all of his swords in his back and he's looking <laughs> to the distance <laughs> at this town like could have been me you know or it will be me I'm on my way there I do think after 10 there is hope and, and always there's hope after destruction but yeah that's a great example of ending versus you know finality like the 10 of cups to me is like on the other spectrum where you're like hey I finally arrived you know I finally got to every, I got here and I'm, everything's balanced and then my cups are full, but yeah, the 10 of swords is a really, you know, that's a card. It's just over, you know, like, Hey, am I going to, you know, what's going on with this relationship done over, you know, <laughs> and it doesn't have to mean a relationship is over. It can mean that it doesn't mean it's over. It just means that the way you have to look at it is over that all the emotions and feelings that you had about it have to be done and thrown away. And in order for anything to progress, you have to throw out old everything. The old way you think about that person, the relationship, the fears it brought up before, everything has to be tossed out. It's done, it's done the way you knew it. Life as you know it, and that relationship is over. And it has to be a new beginning. That's what it could mean. <clears throat> Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna go into symbols, which I think are really cool. Like you can use these in actually everything you look at, like in books, or if you're out, you know, and you see a picture on a wall or something. I think this is pretty cool for, for tarot. And again, just another way to help you figure out, get meaning from the cards themselves or anything else in your life. You can actually, as I was saying, you can look at a picture on a wall and see a symbol, and this could help you understand that you're supposed to, that's supposed to mean something to you. So I have some examples I'm just going to use for the cards that I have. And some of the popular symbols in the traditional tarot deck is the mountain. I'm going to start with that. The mountain, you see it in this card, it's the eight of cups. You see the mountains in the background? Yeah. That card is about <clears throat> retreating from the world. The mountain, this is about walking away from an emotional upset in your life. Something very emotional and walking away. The mountain in that card, and you can see, wow, look at that, the sun and the moon. The mountain is retreating from the world as you create your own path. That's what the mountain means. You're going into the mountains and you're going to figure it out. That's what this dude's doing in this card, meaning by the book, is basically walking away from something emotional and going to figure yourself out after it, after the, the mayhem it caused. And you can see the mountain in a lot of different cards. It's in the hermit, it's in the eight of cups, which I just showed you. 
Um, the crown, which is in this card, this is in the tower. So <laughs> never even noticed the crown at the top of the tower card where people are jumping out of this building because it's forced change because they were not paying attention to what they needed to as far as their path and their spiritual being. So the, the crown is such an odd card to appear in this, right? The crown symbolizes mastery and <clears throat> it's a in the tower because the tower <laughs> is about you being thrown out of your current situation sometimes it's not so pleasant sometimes it's like with me you know i was at the beginning of the year i had an injury that just stopped my life as i knew it forcing me to think of things in a different way and interestingly enough this group got january so i was able to instead of worrying about my everyday things and getting things done and being you know who i was i had i had time to like focus on this really important project because i was sitting on my ass for you know four months so and now that we're getting busier and busier it's actually it, it's 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 taking form and it's a beautiful thing but this this is mastery this is going it's blowing the top off the tower and going in another direction of mastery for you. It's ignoring your possibility for mastering something and then the tower blows up. There's all kinds of meanings to it, but the crown is mastery. And I think it's funny that it appears in the tower card. It's like, get your shit together and go figure out what you're supposed to do. The master some, master what you wanna do, master what you're really good at, what, what makes you happy, you know? So the next symbol I want to talk about is the rose and that's in the full card. See the white rose in his hand? Yeah. The full card is about taking leaps of faith. And there's a dog too. We'll talk about the dog. That's the pet dog. There's two types of dogs in tarot. There's a pet dog, pet dog, like a domesticated dog. And there's a feral dog. They have two different meanings. And I'll show you a card. The moon card has both of the doggies in it. That's a domesticated dog. But the rose is what we're talking about now. The rose is about purity and rebirth. <clears throat> so that matches totally, and that's jiving totally with this card, the full card. Like rebirth, new beginnings. I'm taking my satchel. I'm going, taking my buddy, the dog, my loyal friend, and we're going to just jump off this cliff and go for it. Take a leap of faith, you know? So that's newness and purity. It's also in the magician card and the death card, interestingly enough. <clears throat> that's, you know, Rebirth is that that's what the death card is all about. So the next symbol I wanted to talk about is the moon and the moon is in this card. I wanted to pick like less conspicuous cards. We have a moon card, a major arcana, but the moon is in the two of swords and the moon is about intuition and subconscious. And you see this person, the two of swords is about making a decision, but look at the blindfold. You're making a decision not knowing what's around you. You've got to go in and make this decision and, and, and actually use your intuition to choose the best choice for you. A lot of people think too that the blindfold is about not really wanting to make the decision and hanging out and not really stalemating on the decision. I feel like because the moon is in the card that it's about not being distracted about what's around you and literally going within to make that choice. That's a, that's a crossroads card. You're at a crossroads choosing between two things. <clears throat> the next symbol I have is the sun. Oh, here's another moon card for high priestess. See her? This is a major arcana, high priestess. Again, intuition and the unknown. High priestess is the queen of intuition. She is the master of secrets. She keeps secrets about what she's thinking and what she's manifesting behind the scenes. And she uses her intuition for all of her decisions. So that's in her card too. 
the sun. Yay, I had to pick this one because it's my favorite card in the deck. And it's about all good things. Look at that. Like awesome outcomes, happy baby riding that horse. Um, sun is a beautiful energy. Sun is representing, of course, optimistic positivity and worth. And it's also in a few other, you'll see the sun in a couple other cards, but yeah, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty. And also the sunflower. See the sunflower? Yeah, I was going to say sunflowers too. Sunflower is vitality. That's like vitality and it's, it's, it's growth, vitality, life, a spring forth a new life. Um, so yeah, the sunflower is a powerful symbol. You'll see sunflower in a lot of these cards too. Um, the hermit shows the other symbol I wanted to, to point out. Sorry about the glare on the card. It's uh, the, it's the sunflower. The hermit card is a man holding a lantern and the lantern is a symbol of, or a candle. This is a candle or a lantern because there are candles in some cards, but that's of course, illumination and knowledge. That's pretty obvious, but it's going within. The hermit is about going within to gain that knowledge. And yeah, so that's a pretty obvious use for that. It's about inner growth, inner, just going within and going into your spirit and really feeling things out. Here's the doggies. See the doggies? There's a domesticated doggie and a feral doggie. And the domesticated doggie, the faithful companion. So it's about having friends around you to support you. And this card is interesting. The moon card is about intuition and secrets and things going on behind the scenes that you don't know about. And this is basically, you've got the feral dog and the, uh, the, the, French, the friends around you. So everyone is wondering what the heck you're thinking. And it's a balance, it's a balance mechanism, the two dogs. The feral dog, he is representing fears. It's about you and your process of going through this moon phase, which we all know when we hear moon phase, it's like really digging up what's deep inside of us, bringing out all those secrets. You've got the moon and that energy is extremely intuitive. And while you're doing that, you're going between your loyal friends and the fears that you have. Like these are all the different emotions and they're just chomping at the bid. Everyone wants to know what you're thinking and what's going on in your head, right? And then you'll see, I said that the tarot deck has a lot of symbols of balance. A lot of the tarot cards you'll see have these two pillars on either side. And that is, there's some, there is a meaning to that. And I'm sorry, I don't know for this, for this episode, there is something like historical. There's a historical meaning to those two pillars. It was like something about the archway to a very famous royal home. It's just basically balance and trying to achieve balance through using your intuition is basically what that card means. But I love that feral dog. When you see the feral dog, he's like, he's like uh, kind of rough hair. Look at him. He's looks like he's rabid. He's about fears. Is that a crab at the bottom, or a lobster, or something, or what? Or a crayfish? Yeah, and that's that's a symbol for something. And I don't know what it is, but yeah, yeah, that's a lobster. Someone have to look up a lobster really quick. I don't know the lobster symbol. <laughs> So then I have the bunny. We always talk about bunnies. You know what bunnies mean? See the bunny? She's down there. Yeah. So then that's the queen of pentacles. And the bunny is about, of course, stability. Uh, it's about abundance and creativity. And this abundance is perfect for the queen of pentacles because she's the lady of the finances. She's like the materialistic lady in some readings. Like she can be the materialistic bitch, but she can also be the one who like freaking makes 
the calls on finances. She's all about business, powerful business lady. She's got the bunny at her feet, which is totally appropriate. Um, the black cat, meow. Black cat is the queen of wands. The black cat symbolizes the shadow side. The queen of wands is a power lady. She's a, a badass bitch when it comes to business. She goes forward, she uses her intuition um, and she is very powerful. So she does use her experience. She uses both her shadow side and her, her light side to make these decisions. She is balanced, but she goes in this fiery way forward. Like she's, she's, she can't stand in her way. But see, this is because she has shadow. She has shadow and intuition. I always, I look at the black kitty as intuition. To me, that is shadow work. You know, you have to have that in order to have intuition. So yeah, the laurel wreath is in a lot of cards. This wreath, it's in this card, which is the world card. The laurel wreath, the world is about cycles returning. Doesn't always have to mean good, but it could mean like something's returning from the past cycles returning everything go you know everything comes around again very 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 key theme in this world we live in right now things are just coming up over and over and over again here's another example of the laurel wreath in the six of wands which is a card of victory and success and the laurel wreath represents victory and success so interestingly enough it's in this one which means victory and success and it's also in this one which just means everything's coming back to you in a new way. And I think whether things come back to us from the past that aren't so great and cycles repeat, it always to me signifies some type of level of growth, you know, whether that's painful or <clears throat> the growth itself yields positivity um, and a good outcome in a lot of cases, if you stick with it and you do the work. Um, and so the balancing of, I just have two more. We have the balancing of scales. Justice is the perfect example. So the balancing of scales, justice and balance, things balancing out, being in balance, and then the infinity symbol, which I almost forgot when I forgot my eights is in the strength card. See that over his head. And then he also has, there's something else in that card. There's the infinity symbol and then it's in the magician and it's over their heads, which I think is very interesting. There's a lot of symbolism in the magician card. You can see the cups, mm -hmm. he's using all his tools. And so the infinity symbol is about endless nature, the endless nature of energy. Um, the fact that we have unlimited energy to tap into, to make decisions, to, to pick a choice or a path in our lives. That's just how you can use symbols. Those are some symbols. And again, I have to look up the lobster. Does anybody look, did anybody look up the lobster? I have it. Okay. So the lobster is a representation of us on our pilgrimage to carry out our higher divine purpose. So it's a symbol of hidden psychic power. Okay, that is the moon card. Is that the moon card that we saw it in? That is the moon card, right? Yeah, there it is. Hidden psychic power. I have a question to, and uh, sorry, I'm just throwing the symbolism. I noticed a lot of them have staffs mm -hmm. uh, in their hands or like that. I don't, I'm going to call it a baton. I don't know what it is, but like that white, but like, does it, is, does the staff have any symbolism like support or like anything like that? Some of the ones that are holding our wands, like this one is holding one of the six of wands, right? But in this one, like queen of wands, she's holding her wands, but there are some, oh, I okay. I know what you're talking about. Like, like what? that first card, the guy walking by the mountain had like a walking stick or something. Yeah. Well, I do know that I, 
here now here's justice like this one has yeah i do know some of the court cards the king cards just have this like stuff mm -hmm. I, and actually have like a cross at the top or something mm -hmm. like it'll have it, it'll have like some type of symbolism at the top in the, the time that these were created there were a lot of families it was created I, i'll get the i'll get the year for you but um tarot was created in like historical Italy, one of the ways this traditional tarot was created in historical Europe. And there were a lot of families in power, religion was very important. So yes, it could mean a symbol for like a particular family crest, which there are certain initials you'll see in some of the traditional tarot, you know, and it could also mean support. I'm sure there is a meaning like I definitely, I'm sure it means something. I'm just not sure. And so you do what you do right now. You did it just right, right now. You said it means, does it mean support? I would actually go with that because that's what, you know, there's holding on to it. Also, it's this power. Like I'm a king, you know, power. Wow. Like or banging your staff. So the initials are like family stuff. So what is that? like a royal family at the time I think or someone who was in power and again I'm so sorry I don't know all these yeah, but, yeah so the history that I, I was I, I was going to talk about a little bit at the beginning was forms of tarot have been seen in all cultures all religions many of our historical cultures communities and religions have had some form of as i was saying before different tiles with different pictures different symbols where you pick them at random and they create different stories so this is not uncommon it's not one person who made up the tarot this traditional tarot deck there were certain creators of this particular story but there has been a version of this just like there's a version of hands-on healing in every culture there's a version of like this tarot kind of like storytelling type of game, which is the way it was initially created. Wealthy families in Italy commissioned artists, well-known artists to draw pictures, to play this game so that they could use it like you would use like, um, you know, bridge, like modern day bridge to just tell the story. And um, it wasn't used for divination like, like we use it today or like it can be used today. It was definitely used as <clears throat> just a game to tell a story. It's turned into this, you know, they, they had their initial tarot decks had the king, the queen, and the knight, and then the, the, the couple other cards thrown in, and then it became the traditional tarot deck that we know. So yeah, you'll see a lot of symbolism in these cards, the traditional with the Rider weight that I'm using. Like, there's like crests, you know, in the death card, there's crests, and you'll have like these random initials, and, you'll, and that represented some family at the time that may have been a part of the creation of the deck. So do any of yeah. you... No, that's interesting that it, it started as a game. So do you know like how it went from a game to a divination tool? Like, does anybody know that? What I, I did do some reading on it just to prepare for this. And my feeling is that as they played this game, they realized that not only was it just telling a story, but it resonated with the story of the person playing it. The thought was, as the story unrolls, this is very much, and it's a game of chance, right? You shuffle and you don't know what you're going to get. It was very much resonating with the player. And so they started to think about it as something that may be able to be used as a tool to determine things that have not happened yet. Mm -hmm. okay. I think that it may have more started out with the story. Like yeah. they were created to tell the story and a teaching 
tool possibly for children to like learn even with the um the suits like what each of those stand for but also like the archetypes yeah and to learn about those and then maybe if they i'm sure they gave them to the kids and the kids played a game with them like a family history when you say story or like mm, i wouldn't say family history or I'd just like a fairy tale could be fairy tale but more just i want to say it probably came from egypt <laughs> <laughs> um it's just learning just learning life okay. it's it is life lessons it's a game based on life lessons yeah. i mean it's not a game it's a that's how it's now i just it's a great question and i don't know if anyone can do some quick quick research on it and i do i know heather that it did there were games in egypt that were just like this with the tiles mm -hmm. I know that and that's what i said like when i did research there were all kinds like india and you know there were just all kinds and i'm like how do i even like talk about the history of tarot because everyone had a similar game the the traditional tarot deck like what i'm looking at right now the the history that i got that i I know that there were artists that worked on this story and that it expanded, but I also know that every culture has a similar game and a similar story. And I love the fact that cultures all over the world have realized that energy plays a part in the game of chance, you know, and your energy plays a part in the game of chance. There's lots of different places that it started, but I also know that there had to have been a bridge for people starting to use it as a tool to tell futures, like how they use it at like a fair, you know? And I, I wish I knew more about that. I don't know how that bridged over. I know how it started. It is a game or a storyteller, you know, in different cultures, a, a, like a game for kids or a story, how it kind of changed over to that, you know, to people using it as, fortune telling, which is not how I use it, but you know, for telling the future. It is kind of like a choose your own adventure style card game. And the, exactly like what you were saying, the meaning of the imagery was parallel to the mechanics of the play of the game. The random draw of the cards created a new, unique narrative each and every time the, the game was played. And the decisions that the players made influenced the unfolding of that narrative. So it makes total sense. Um, everything that I've always read about was that it was basically always used for the purpose of divination, as I'm air quoting, and occult tarot. Um, and then of course, all the different decks, depending on country and region, kind of like different branches. Yeah. But like, you know, Heather just got back from Egypt and she saw tiles, like games, kids, you know what I mean? That makes total sense. Did you see tarot in Egypt? Did you see like cards or tiles that were like kind of matched or resonated with you to be like a tarot deck or do they have, you know what I mean? No, I didn't really, we didn't do much souvenir shopping. Yeah. Um, but the one, Meryl Lee, she had an actual oracle deck with her based on the gods and goddesses of Egypt. Oh, cool. That was, that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing, the oracle cards. Oracles are like different energy messages 
of enlightenment. They're a totally different premise. And they kind of give, for me, and the way I use them, they give me a topper to the reading, the general overall energy of a reading. It's such a nice message. You know, they're usually messages of encouragement and direction for you. It's not so much of a component to a story as it is a general overall energy message. And those, some of those cards are some of the most beautiful cards I've ever seen, you know, those Oracle decks. I don't know if anybody has anything more to say on Oracle decks because I, I really use them to clarify a lot of the traditional messages that I use, but I like to use it as like the topper to the reading, you know, overall energy. And it sometimes works for me it works so well with what I just pulled. I pulled a whole storyline and then I pulled a card for an Oracle card that would just wrap up everything really beautifully. Just a couple other things for the sim. You know, everyone, we're, we are all Reiki practitioners. So there's always the chakra colors. So there's to paying attention to all these cards, you know, the yellows, you know, the yellow cards have a yellow background. Does that have a blue background? Um, is the prominent color in the justice card red, you know? And the root colors, the, the chakra colors, I think are also something I pay attention to. I have a deck that actually has chakra cards. My psychic tarot deck, the psycho tarot deck I use sometimes, will have like chakra cards. It'll say the root chakra, which is also a message you can get, you know, during a reading. So the root chakra, red, stability, security, you know, the orange color that represents sacral chakra. If it's not a sacral card, it's if it's orange is the prominent color or is something that's drawing your eye into the card. It could mean fire or drive your drive or your passion. Yellow is very, it's your solar, your, your own identity, how you identify yourself to the world. This is how I depict it. These are all meanings that I like generalize based on everything I know and read and, and practice. But of course, there's other meanings for these colors. Green generally is about love and abundance and growth and birth and relationships, which is the heart chakra. Blue is throat. <clears throat> Blue is about communication and, you know, that's our throat chakra communicating, going forward with your true beliefs and your true self. Indigo, reality versus delusion. It's the eye to the soul, your intuition. And then the violet is your connection to source. So, you know, very connected card with the divine. You're getting messages from the divine. Um, wanted to talk a little bit about, so those are just some of the symbols, colors, numbers that you can use to help you with traditional tarot. A lot of decks out there incorporate both traditional messages with some of the other, you know, their extra cards or cards outside the suits are sometimes really awesome, like very different than the major arcana. And you can get very creative with your decks. You can mix decks. Some people like to mix decks. Like you can actually mix decks that are the same size. Like my, you know, there's a traditional tarot size that I have, which I'm not traditional tarot, but like a standard size that I have where I mix an angel deck with a fairy deck. Sorry about the glare. Also want to talk a little bit about the cleansing of cards before you use them. I am a believer in cleansing of all energy before I practice Reiki, before I use cards, before I use a pendulum, before I use crystals. It's just about getting the energy wiped out from the last reading you did, making sure there's no negative energies or any energies that you're carrying with you from the prior reading, from yourself, from your day, if the cards, the decks of cards were in a bag for a couple of days, or you know, you had your reading and you had a bad outcome, just 
I like to clear energy on cars using all the things I just mentioned. I, you know, Louis Sage, Palo Santo, I will leave them on the windowsill during full moons to get them clean. Crystals, I put crystals on the top of my decks all the time and regularly clean the crystals. Blessings, just intention, you know, setting intention to clear the decks to make sure that all the energy, bad or good, is erased from the last time that you use them. A little bit about spreads. This is the way that you lay the cards out. I, I think in my last podcast that I talked about, Tara, we talked about shuffling and I'm a terrible shuffler. People shuffle all different ways do my regular shuffling and I get the cards mixed up enough, but it's the way I distribute the cards that really mixes the cards up. And I get even energy on all of them. And then a different energy comes in and I feel that that pulls the card for me. And I don't feel that it's necessarily someone else sitting by me pulling those cards. When you watch my videos, you'll see like, I don't feel like there's like a guy sitting there. When I talk to spirit and I ask for assistance in pulling messages, it's about collective energy because that's the reading I'm doing that day. And it's about the collective channeling of all the people that are watching the video and the energy that they need to see or hear for that day. That's what I'm asking. I'm asking for collective spirit, collective energy, not like one spirit. You know, when I say spirit, you know, I don't mean a ghost is coming in and picking the cards. It's very important to know. I think people get put off by the fact that I may say spirit, you know, spirit, help me, spirit, tell me or show me. So the spreads and the way you lay out your cards, I don't use very technical or difficult spreads, but there are all kinds of spreads you can use. But the Celtic cross is very popular. It just goes through different things like present situation, future situation, outcome, challenges, what you need to work on, what you, why you are here. And it is in a form, it's a form of a Celtic cross. Um, a lot of readers do use that. I use rows. I use very simple past, present, future. I'll do a past row, present row, future row, sometimes three or four cards, sometimes five or six. I clarify a lot of my cards, but that for me is just easier to remember. I don't have to get caught up in, you know, okay, the challenge and the, you know, what, you know, what I had, what I ate yesterday and why, you know, why, it's affecting the card today. I literally just do past, present, future for love, for general energy, for finances. Um, you can do love readings. You can do, um, he says, I do a lot of love where I do he says, she says, and then they're the combined energy, like what the future energy is in the immediate future and then potential outcome for the, the, the way off distant future. Like, what does he say about her? What does she say about him? Like what they're thinking about each other, if it's a known coupleship or if it's your soulmate you don't know yet, like how, what their positions are. I love doing those readings for people. And um, situational, you can do a situational reading, you know, the situation, the obstacle and the outcome. That's a real popular kind of a, a energy spread. Astrological spreads, you can do, um, I've seen readers and I love this reader. Like if you talk about, you don't know who your person is or you have someone in your life or you're dealing with a friend of a different sign, you can do like a reading for you. And then you do like a card pool for each of the astrological signs, like any Taurus in your life, this is what you're going through. Any Cancer in your life, this is what you're going through. I love that reading. I would love to do that someday. I think that's really cool, you know, cause we all know people in our lives, friends, family, potential partners or partners that have these signs. And I think it's so cool to see, you know, the energy between you and that sign that month. I think that's, that's a cool spread, but I've seen astrological spreads. I've seen, um, yeah, there's just, a, there's just a bunch of different things. Anybody else have a spread that they like that they use that, you know, or do you have anything else different than what I've mentioned or 
I sometimes just do a one card pull. I'll be walking out the door. I'll be like, okay, what am I going to run into at the park today? And I'll just like literally take the deck and I'll do a quick shuffle and whatever flies out, you know, so I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to run into a situation where I'm going to kind of be like, eh, should I do it? Should I not? You know, like, I'm kind of like, not so sure. I don't know. I'll just pull one card sometimes before I walk out the door, you know? I, I don't often pull cards when I do pull a card, it's mainly when I need to understand the energy in my home better. So then I'll do a six card directional layout, north, south, east, west, and just really pinpoint by direction where something, you know, may be hanging out or I need to cleanse and then I can then go into that specific area of the home and right. then do another card layout to identify what in that area maybe needs to potentially be shifted around. Yeah, that's, that's awesome, Christina. And when, you know, I, just being in your home, you know, there's so many different energy pockets in her home. It's beautiful. She's got so many beautiful pieces of things that have a lot of energy around them. And so, yeah, it's amazing. Portals, truly. Good and bad, but it requires a lot of maintenance. So I'm, I'll regularly go through and kind of understand how everything is playing and interconnected. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Love that use of cards, like actually testing the energy of a plate that you're in, you know, that's really cool. No, I've tried the past, present, and future ones before just to see, and then I would pull a clarifier for the whatever, whatever it ends up being of those three cards. You know, I've, I've tried Celtic Cross. I still don't understand the placements of everything. So, well, and I'm still trying to figure out the meanings of some of the cards. So it's still interpreting the cards and then figuring out where you are. It was, um, above you below you to you know before i don't know it's still trying to figure you know it's still so it's overwhelming to figure all that stuff out exactly that's how i feel about it and people are really good at it they just know yeah. i mean they they swear by it and they're great at it and i just mm -hmm. that's not my that's not mm -hmm. my thing um if i truly put myself to the grindstone and i i wanted to learn it like when i do a celtic cross but it's like an hour of me trying to read the booklet on what the F I just pulled, you know, and, and what it means. And did I, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I, I almost feel like the figuring out is, is hindering the energy itself. You know what I mean? I just want it to be like energetic. Yeah. Get overwhelmed and then you just give up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Jen, what's your favorite spread? My favorite spread? Yeah. Oh, I love money future spread every week, which I love. I just told you what I want to do. I love love spreads. You know, I um, do them for myself and I do them for others all the time. I'm, I have people coming to me about love a lot. Um, if, <laughs> it's funny because I think to myself, like, why? Because look at me now, <laughs> like I'm single, like whatever. But maybe that's what it's about, right? I spend so much time in self-love. And, you know, it's like, maybe it's cause I'm, I'm actually not biased in any way. I'm sort of like stable as far as my emotions. And I'm pretty, pretty, that's how I'm able to channel my energy right now. But um, you can do simple things with tarot. Like I do when you ask about like when everyone wants to know when, and I always say it's the hardest question in the world to answer, but when is um, 
when it's right, really. But I can give, like, I sometimes get numbers that pop in my head when they ask me that question. The first number that pops in my head, I give them. And it's a knowing, like Rick said, it's a knowing of, it's not more or less not like a thinking about it and seeing what, it's literally like a pops in my head. And if it's a three, I will say like three months, three years, three days, you know, I don't know what it is, but sometimes you can use tarot in, it'll say like, I, I'll say if it's, a, it's a major arcana, it's this, if it's a minor, it's that, or, you know, yes or no, or, or for numbers, so I would actually just pull the number, you know what I mean? Like I'd see like a five, like the five of cups, you know, I would say, okay, that's a five. Like you would ask the deck to give you a number as far as the time frame. May, could mean May, you know? You kind of like go with your intuition on what that means. Does it mean more? And someone's like, is it, is it five weeks or five years? And it's like, okay, then you have to think about that and whatever pops in your head is, you'll get to that point where it's a trust. It's just a trust of what comes in your head. Wait, we need to do a shameless plug since we yeah. on our SI Life YouTube channel, we do have Jen's latest July pick a card love reading video out there. So we'll make sure to link that into the description box. Mm -hmm. And that's all I really have. I think one of the big things I want to step away with with tarot is I've just touched the surface. There's so much to go into with each of the things I talked about and many other ways to read cards many other card decks you can use, many other games of chance, like we're talking about how, how this started out. But I think um, you have to get into your head about that it's a it's an energy thing, you know? It's energy, it's about energy. It's not about necessarily telling the future. And it is has to be something that you take lightly. I've known people to be literally addicted to tarot card reading and the outcome. Now, I, I would consider myself passionate about tarot, and I don't pay attention to the outcome too much. I like to validate what I'm currently feeling, but I've known people to be addicted to what that card says and then live their life exactly how that card played out. I have known people like that. And I just know now that as fast as energy changes and the, it, it actually does matter, the energy of the polar does matter. You have to know how to clear your energy as a reader to have an accurate reading, to disconnect from the subject in order to have an accurate reading, and also to make sure that the subject is clean of energy before you do it as well. So if you're doing energy readings on yourself, make sure you go through that process of emotionally disconnecting from the topic. So, you know, it's really about energy and where you are and taking it lightly. You know, we say in our, our readings all the time, you know, this is a collective reading. It may not resonate with you. It could be messages for five of the, you know, five people, it could be messages for 55 people, but um, just take it lightly. Don't, and interpret in your own way. So trust, trust and intuition on that. Pick your deck and go and look at those pictures. I love it that Tracy brought that up, you know, just do what feels right to you, you know? Thank you. Thanks everybody. Thank you for joining us today. This is Jen from Soul Infusion with all my lovely lady partners. And we are so happy you joined us today. And please join us again for readings we do weekly on YouTube, weekly love, money, and future readings, future being the following week after the week that they post. And we're also coming out with some exciting new pick a, pick a crystal, pick a candle readings where you get to pick your own outcome based on the little stack of cards. I'm going to pick three groupings of cards and you get to pick, you basically pick your reading for that week. So yeah, very excited. Thank you again for joining us. And we're going to say bye. 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 bye.
following podcast series is designed to educate, entertain, and inform, not to provide medical advice. 